So I was raised in a house without any pets. Never had a dog, never had a cat, never had a hamster, none of that kind of stuff. So I'm not good with animals. From like a very young age, I wasn't very good with animals. Do you have a family history of owning pets before you had your own kids, Jim? Oh, yeah. We had we had multiple cats. We had a dog. Like, yeah, it was pretty standard my whole life. I see. So I, because I have like, I don't know, a inability to understand how animals behave or think or because I had no exposure to them. None of my family, none of my relatives had animals. And so <laughs> I've been the victim of many, many different kinds of animal attacks. And I'm going to tell you about all of them. I think you're going to laugh your ass off on some of them. And some of them are just ridiculous. So we'll start with cats. <laughs> <laughs> One day I was walking to the convenience store with my parents. I must have been like, I don't know, 10 years old. And, you know, like at the end of the day in the summer, your parents say something like, all right, let's go get some ice cream or something like that. So you get all excited and you go for a walk to the corner store and they go and buy you some ice cream. So I'm like all pumped and ready. And we're walking to the corner store. It's late at night. It's just about sunset, maybe about 839 and all of a sudden, my foot gets heavy. Okay, so my <laughs> my foot gets heavy, and I look down, and there's this fucking cat sitting on my foot while I'm walking, sitting on my foot, and he's ready to kill my shoelaces. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck is going on, and he's like losing his mind, going. And just packing my shoelaces, like like going crazy. And I jumped and I kicked and he went flying and I fucking freaked the fuck out. Okay, That was the first of many, many animal attacks. The next one being a dog attack. I'm riding my bicycle on the way to the convenience, same fucking store, same scenario. No parents this time. I'm riding my bicycle and some fucking guy left his dog unleashed in the front of his house okay Ooh. so i'm riding my bicycle and i pass the guy's house on my way to the convenience store so like no big deal. i'm not thinking it's any big deal must have been like grade by that time grade five or grade six and the dog starts charging me like really really charging me and i'm pedaling as fast as i can I'm worried I'm going to be killed. Like it's that bad. Like the dog's really coming. And so he jumps and he lunges for me. And as he lunges for me, I I'm going full speed, mind you. I lean up. Right. And so my ass is no longer on the bicycle seat. And his fucking jaw clamps down on the bicycle seat. But his neck hits the back of my tire and my tire spinning. And it starts fucking mangling his neck. And it must have been like, just, yeah, it must have been a few seconds. He does like a bunch of like death rolls into a car, smashes into a car. And I'm like having difficulty maintaining balance. And luckily there were no parked cars on each side. So I got my balance back and I just rode off and I could hear the dog like whimpering in the back. And I was like, holy fuck, what the fuck? And so that's being attacked by dogs. Now I'm going to tell you, about a time I was attacked by fish. <laughs> so I'm in high school and I was never very good with my money. I would work and save about 15, 1600 bucks and then just blow it all 
in a matter of like four or five days and then save and then blow it all. And so in high school, I hated science. Like I really fucking hated science. And we had exams. And on during the exam period, I had an exam on Monday and an exam on Friday. The Monday exam was finished. The Friday exam was bio. And I knew there was no way I was going to pass. I didn't care. I no interest whatsoever. And so I turned to my girlfriend at the time and I said, what are you doing before the bio exam? Her parents had gone away somewhere. I don't know where they went. And she said, uh, yeah, I'm doing nothing. I said, let's go to the Bahamas. <laughs> she goes, <"What?" laughs> She goes, what? I go, yeah, let's go to the Bahamas. She goes, how are we going to pay for that? I go, I got it covered. Don't worry about it. You don't have to pay a thing. And so we went to a travel agent. I booked tickets. I booked tickets. We fucking flew to Bahamas. All the food was all inclusive. Everything was done. So we get to the Bahamas. And then I want to go snorkeling. I was like, let's go snorkeling. So she's like, all right, good. Let's go snorkeling. So we go snorkeling. And while we're snorkeling, I'm in the water. And as I mentioned already, I'm not good with animals. So like, I'm a little bit hesitant about being in the water. But I'm in the water. And the fish there are used to people coming in the water because I guess the charter boats bring the snorkelers there all the time. So the fish are like accustomed to it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm in the water and I'm looking in front of me and there's like a group of fish, a whole bunch of different kinds of fish all facing me and I'm facing them and they're like inching towards me and I'm shooing them away, like trying to keep them <laughs> away from me, right? Like keep away, keep away. And then out of nowhere, all of the fish that are in front of me look to my right. And so to their left and their heads all turn, like, you know, like somebody entered the room and their heads all turn. And I'm, I'm just thinking they're going to swim in a different direction, but they just stayed where they were and they looked there and I turned and I looked and there's this fucking enormous fish taking a bite out of my arm. It had no teeth. Oh. It was just gnawing on my arm to like see if i was food it freaked the fuck out of me i jumped yeah. yeah i fucking got out of the water as fast as i could and i stayed on the boat and i did not get back in the water again and so i not good with animals at all i've had lots of bad experiences so today's match has a particularly traumatic feeling for me but how about you have you had any bad instances with animals I have almost the same experience you have with a dog. So I grew up on a super busy street and I would ride to my friend's house on my BMX. Like, so I don't know. I'm like nine or 10, maybe. I don't know. Right. And um, I'm riding and this one person had what I think, I don't, you know, it's so mm -hmm. long ago, but I think sure. it was a pit bull. And it always used to bark at me every time when the when i would go to my friend's house and i was like yeah whatever it's on a chain well this time it breaks the fucking chain oh and it and it charges me and now when you're young mm -hmm. and you like fight or flight right right i drive directly across the street in traffic <laughs> on this <laughs> and and because there was a gap and i right. figured i could make it and the dog follows me and I go across the street to this house that had this huge tree and like probably like the most athletic thing I've ever done. While the bike's moving, I jump off the bike and get on a branch, oh. a big limb, and I get up on it so the dog can't get me. Wow. And then the dog and then like the dog's owner 
obviously came over like a couple of minutes later, but I was scared to fucking death. And like, in hindsight, I could have gotten hit by a right. car, but I was, but I was so terrified of the dog coming after me that like that I was just like, we're closest tree. And I just like bolted for the closest tree. So you can sympathize and empathize with the frustration I have with those animal things, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I think a lot of people who've been raised around animals often say like, Oh, you just, you're not good with animals or you're doing something wrong or it's you. But I don't think that's the case. I think sometimes animals just behave in unpredictable ways. I agree with that. yeah, and so it's difficult to know what to do or how to react to them. And if it's an animal that you can't control, then, you know, the factor of danger multiplies by a thousand. And before we get into today's animal danger match, oh. we're talking about the genre of matches that exceedingly got out of control in the 1990s in Japan. There are Death matches, we've mentioned before, this is the invention of Atsushi Onida to create a match with explosives or, you know, bombs or weapons or things that are non-traditional. I mentioned in episode eight, and we talked about in episode 10 and 19 about, uh, you know, a rocket match and a bomb match and all that kind of stuff. But Jim, at this time, there was like a plethora of ridiculous death matches going on, right? Yeah, like there's no end to the level of death matches, right? This is when they started like coming in with like the light tubes and the panes of glass and right. And then like I want to say like there might have been a cactus match at some point or like that there was there like, was like yeah, they were just trying to find things to draw people in. Right. Right. And so this is today's match is the epitome of like crazy deathmatch concepts, right? So, Jim, do you have any stories about deathmatches per se? Um, I was actually just talking to a couple friends of mine on Discord, and mm-hmm. they told me about a deathmatch I I have never heard about from the early 2000s. Have you heard of the lobster deathmatch? <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> oh, you've seen it? Like yeah. I, I only, I only could find a couple clips online. But for those that are listening, good luck finding it. But like, the concept was that the lobsters were going to be used as weapons or something, but they all wind up dying. Yeah. So during the match, the guy who's in the match also did an octopus death match as after the lobster death match. <laughs> he tried his best to get the octopus to like throw ink on him. Like he really tried. <laughs> <laughs> he gave the, lo- he gave the, think about this. Okay. He takes the octopus out of the tank and he gave it a pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it's a fucking shit show of a match, but like, and the octopus just dies in the end. And then after the octopus dies, he takes it to a sushi chef. They cut it up and they fed it to the audience. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, so these death matches were like really, really, really insane. Today's death match is by far the most fucking insane thing I've ever heard of in my life. And it's a piranha death match. And just so we're clear, people listening, there are actual piranha in this tank. It's not like 
a TV gimmick where like the, it's not really piranha in the tank. It's really piranha in the tank. And the guy who's the victim or the guy who's involved in this match, his name is Mitsuharu Matsunaga, but everybody knows him as Mr. Danger. He was like doing this thing where he was pushing the limits and the boundary of what a human body could endure. Like I saw him take a dive off the third floor balcony in Korakuen onto the ground. Like I saw him. Holy fuck. Oh my God. I seen this guy do so many things that were fucking ridiculous. Like he should be dead. He, <laughs> there is no doubt in my mind. Like he's got nine lives. He's the fucking guy is still alive today. He runs like a steak restaurant that's really famous in the center of Tokyo. Whenever people come here to like hang out or see wrestling shows, they always go. It's always busy. It's called Mr. Danger's Steakhouse. And the logo of the company is his face with all the scar marks on his head. <laughs> so he's still around and kicking and he's got like posters of stuff that he did in his matches. If you ever get a chance to watch a Matsunaga match, they are not for the fucking faint of heart. <laughs> they are something unique. What were your thoughts on Mr. Danger at the time and today? Man, like, first off, his, I used to always joke that Abdul the Butcher's head looks like a roadmap of Sudan. Like, <laughs> D- Danger could, like, give him a run for his money. Like, yeah. I remember, like, I remember matches with Pogo, like, when we used to, when we used mm-hmm. to tape trade. Right. And like Pogo would have that sickle like two to three inches into his head. Yeah. Like it wasn't like he was like on the surface and like, I'm cutting you. <laughs> like, like he was going right to the bone. Right. This guy, this fucking guy, Matsunaga, has his threshold for pain or his willingness to do something to shock and awe the crowd is maybe unparalleled. Unparalleled. I agree. Holy shit. Okay, so this match is a piranha death match. This is not a joke. We're not joking. If you haven't seen it, I swear to God, this is a real thing. They put a fish tank in the middle of the ring. <laughs> they, you don't put it. You should. You should put it on the outside. But whatever. They put a fish tank in the middle of the ring. They filled it with real piranhas, and then the winner is the person who throws the other person the piranha tank. That's it. No. Nothing else going on. That's it. Just put the guy in the tank. Okay. And bef- before we get into the ridiculousness, yeah. do you know why Kendo Nagasaki is the person in this match? Because that makes no sense to me. Yeah, I don't know why at all. I've, I, okay. think, I think there are just very few people who are willing to work this match. <laughs> that's fair yeah. I know Danger Mr. Danger's probably like I want to do this and everybody's like no I'm out I'm out and Kung even Kung Pogo's like no <laughs> right right okay so the, in the middle of the ring you've got this piranha tank and then and it's a fucking huge tank and on the two corner posts there's a wooden board with barbed wire nothing for no reason yeah, for no reason for nothing no. connected to the match no it's just to add to i don't know the brutality okay and so the match starts there's no commentary the ref doesn't really matter and I, <laughs> there's no rules right there's nothing so but what's amazing is the crowd is on the edge of their seat for every second of this match 
And I have to say, in terms of a viewing experience, I was, it's what it's been like 30 something years since this match. And even watching it back again today for the second or third time, even today I was on the edge of my seat. What do you think, Jim? When we're going to skip around a little bit, obviously, but like when he's bleeding into the tank (laughs) and getting the piranha fired up, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, it's fucking, it's incredible. So in the very, very beginning of the match, Kendo Nagasaki hip tosses Matsunaga and he gets close to the tank and he goes to put him in and some Japanese audience member screams out in Japanese a really funny sentence but it translates roughly to it's too early for the match to end (laughs) 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 so I love that and then that's great that was great and then they do a little bit of like you know there's no wrestling going on it's not even you know Mike talked before about not liking brawls this isn't even a fucking brawl you know, I don't really know what's going on, but you feel that nervous energy. It's really, really, really nerve-wracking. And then Matsunaga takes a first bump into the corner wooden board, and then the wooden board falls on him. And okay, so he starts bleeding, of course, blood. And the crowd is on the edge of their seat. Then Nagasaki tries to hip-toss Matsunaga into the tank, and I don't know who built this fucking tank, but there's a TV show in the States. I think it's called like Tank Life or Tank whatever. And they build these like special shark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What What's that thing called, Jim? Do you know? I want to say it's called Tanked or something lame. Like you're being yeah. too creative. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think you're right. It's called Tanked. They build like these great tanks and they do all like this like very complicated mathematical calculation to make sure about like the weight and this and that. You know, this is 30 years ago. I can't believe they had like this tank built in such a way that these two guys could lay their entire body on it and it didn't like crash and crack and spill out because I was worried the whole time. Like, you know, they're slamming each other on the top of the tank. This tank's going to give way and then you're going to have piranhas like fucking all over the arena. (laughs) (laughs) It was petrifying on a totally different level. But the tank held up. And in one of the early spots, he goes to hip toss him into the tank. And instead of landing in the tank, he jumps over the tank and lands on the other side. And the crowd is like ooing and eyeing. The tension was just, you could cut it with a knife. <laughs> Holy shit. What'd you think about that early spot? Yeah, like that's a good spot because you have like in any kind, even ladder matches, any kind of match that you want to do like this, you have to tease the big finish. Like there has to be, some of this. Right, right. Agreed, agreed. There has to be like that edging towards danger. And they did that well. And then they get to the outside after that. And instead of having Matsunaga blade, and instead of <laughs> <laughs> Kendo Nagasaki just goes, fuck it. I'm going to punch him in the head as hard as I can again and again until he's bleeding. And he fucked him up so bad. Like pu- like punching him, like not not wrestling punches. He is punching him in the fucking head. Yeah. And it's rough. his hands are all taped up, and you can see the blood on the tape afterwards. And he's a fucking bloody mess. And then to make it all the worse, Jim has already let the cat out of the bag. They go in the ring, and Jesus Christ! And he hangs Matsunaga's head over the tank, and the blood is just pouring into the tank. And even though the video is not HD, you can see. The piranhas swimming around in the blood and they're moving around faster and faster. 
and they're ready to go. And the crowd is like, oh my God, oh my God. And me sitting at home, I felt the same way. What do you think, Jim? They're, they're like, looks like a whirlpool mm. at some point. Like, like it, like at that point, I'm like, oh, and I, and I seen it way back in the day, but I'm like, this is out of control. <laughs> I agree with you. It was way out of control. Then they have to do some wrestling. So they go on the outside and Nagasaki hits Matsunaga. And you know what? This fuck it, Nagasaki, there's no need to hit. Matsunaga that hard with chairs when you know he's going to take the piranha tank bump. <laughs> like, Cut him a break. <laughs> yeah, like have some sympathy on this fucking guy, man. He hit him so <laughs> fucking hard, like repeatedly. The chair shots were just awesome. This is not the time of like worrying about concussions, just laying into him. They get back in the ring and he throws one of the sickest pile drivers i've fucking unprotected completely unprotected holy shit and like you know i'm thinking this is like where the fuck are they gonna go from here and uh, immediately after that matsunaga makes a small comeback and nagasaki instead of like panicking about worrying about losing the match he fucking puts his hand right into the fish tank to stir up the fish and tries throwing <laughs> water on Matsunaga, knowing that Matsunaga is going to take that bump soon in the tank. And the crowd like screeches, ah! <laughs> right? <laughs> it was just great. And then I've never, ever, ever seen this before. After that spot, Matsunaga and Nagasaki go to the outside for a brief second, like a second. And as they come to the outside of the ring, the first and second row scatters. <laughs> they just move right yeah, around. Yeah. <laughs> There's no weapons around them. There's nothing around them. Nothing's dangerous. They're not approaching the crowd. But people are just petrified of what they're seeing. They scatter. They go back in the ring. Jim, how do you explain this finish? Oh, my God. Like... Like, like, I don't even know the 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 part that bothers me is the part after the bell rings. Yeah. Like, mm. like he he gets they go back and forth a little bit. He gets the advantage and he gets him in the tank, right? And the match ends, right? But then he puts the fucking barbed wire, <laughs> fucking. Uh, like the board, I, 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 yeah. the board on top, and then he lays on it. And you like, like, was that like? Is he the? Is Mister Danger that fucking crazy? That he's like, check this finish out. This is what I want you to do. And then you can see he's fucking panicking in the tank. Yes, he's clearly getting bitten all over his fucking chest. There's no doubt he's getting bitten. And then finally, the everybody in the arena starts panicking. Wrestlers rush the ring. The referee rushes the ring. This crowd members are throwing... The, this is Japan. Crowd members are throwing their drinks in the ring at Kendo Nagasaki for him to get off. So he gets off. They take him out. And then they pull him out onto the bed. And his chest is all eaten up. Like he's <laughs> fucked up. Like he needs medical attention. And they're screaming in the uh, arena. Like the ring announcer saying please stand out of his way 
don't touch him. These bites could get infected. Like, please clear away. Like, it was, you know, I've watched wrestling since I was maybe seven or eight years old. I've been watching 40 years. This finish to this match might be the most scary finish I've ever seen ever, ever. What would you say, Jim? I, I, I would say I wonder what his payday was because whatever it was, it wasn't enough. No way. I bet you it wasn't a lot even. It was, there was not a lot of people in the crowd. There was, it was not a full house. <laughs> no, 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 it was not. So, yeah. But, I, you know, when you think about insanity and spectacle, like sometimes when you watch wrestling, you watch wrestling and you go, oh, that was a really good match. Or, oh, you know, I believed that the heel was the villain and the face was a good guy and they're telling a story. And, you know, there's aspects of wrestling sometimes that make you appreciate, you know, matches for a variety of reasons. I appreciate this for just the fact that it kept me on my seat in anticipation about what was going to happen. And then after I saw what happened, I wasn't let down, even though I was petrified and unglued. It was like a horror movie for me. Like, I don't like horror movies, but this is as far as I go in terms of like the horror genre. But I'm not going to give this five stars, but I loved it. I fucking loved it. I thought it was (laughs) the time flew by. Like, I never felt for a second of that 18 minutes of this match that I was bored. Not for a second. No, no. And that, you know, and that's, and that's a sign of a, a good match too. Like, like I have this talk a lot with like my board game friends. Like, I want to be entertained when I'm, and, and, and I guess in any hobby, like I want to be entertained by what I'm doing. And this sure the fuck was entertaining. Right, right. I can't recommend it to most people, but. If no, you- no, definitely <laughs> not. But if you have an appetite for, you know, gore or wanting to see something that you've never seen before or to see somebody push the boundary of what is humanly like what's possible for a human to withstand i think this is probably one of the best matches to witness just because it's fucking ridiculous <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous follow us on instagram and twitter at six man podcast you can tag in with a dm If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. 